from the Ticats Audio Network. This is Ticats Today with Louis Butko. Yes, it is. Ticats Today for a Friday, August the 5th, 2022. TGIF Louis Butko here with you. Our final show ahead of tomorrow's game between the Ticats and the Argos from BMO Field. So lots to get into. We'll hear from Coach O. We'll hear from Dane Evans. We'll hear from Simone Lawrence. Later on, we'll be joined by the Hamilton Spectators, Steve Milton. We'll check the depth chart in just a second. So, whoo, breathe as always, day before the game. Lots to get you set for it. And uh, we got you set right, leading right up to kickoff here on the Ticats Audio Network. Uh, right now, you can catch a brand new Ticats this week uh, with Luke Tasker and RJ Broadhead. Of course, they'll have the call tomorrow at 7 o'clock. Preceding that, uh, you'll be able to catch a uh, Tiger Cats pregame. Ticats pregame presented by Journey Rewards with Bubba O'Neill and Andy Fantuz. And before that, you can catch out a, a brand new Tiger Cats game day with Courtney Steven and Mike Daly. So got you covered leading right up into kickoff for the first of four games in five weeks between the Ticats and the Toronto Argonauts. Let's take a look at the depth chart on how the Ticats plan on lining up tomorrow at BMO Field for their 7 o'clock kickoff. Let's start up front. No changes on the offensive line. It's Travis Vorn call at left tackle. Brandon Revenberg gets start at left guard. Alex Fontana is the starting center. Coulter Woodmansey is the starting right guard. And Colin Kelly getting the start at right tackle. Coach talks about the continuity on the offensive line coming up in just a sec, so keep that in mind. Uh, starting quarterback Dane Evans will be backed up by Matthew Schiltz and Jamie Newman. At running back, getting the start is Don Jackson, backed up by Sean Thomas Errington. And at fullback, it's Jake Burt. And behind him, Felix Garangotier is a game-time decision at that fullback-slash-tight-end position. And at receiver... Out wide, you have Stephen Dunbar Jr. You have Mike Jones making his season debut in the black and gold. And then at slot from left to right, you got Tim White, Braylon Addison, and Lamar Durant making his second straight start. On defense, no changes up front. It's Mason Bennett, Micah Johnson, Dylan Wynn, and Julian Hauser at the front line. At the linebacker spot, back after a two-game absence, and we'll hear from him in a second, Simone Lawrence. Uh, back at his Will linebacker spot. Jovan Santos Knox is in the middle. Cam Kelly is at slot. And in the secondary, from left to right, no changes from last week. It's Jamal Roll, Carriel Brooks, Tunde Adelike, Richard Leonard, and Siante Evans. Handling the uh, place-kicking duties will be Seth Small. Handling the punting and kickoffs is Mike Damagala. Gordon White's the long snapper. And Lawrence Woods the third is the uh, starting kick returner and punt returner. Uh, he is a game-time decision. Uh, it is uh, Tim White and Braylon Addison backing him up in that spot. And just an update on the injured list, it's Alden Darby Jr., Wes Hills, and Lee Autry II on the one-game injured list. Meanwhile, Pappy White, Nick Cross, Curtis Newton, Chris Van Zyl, Kyle Saxlid, Anthony Johnson, and Tyler Turnowski are all on the six-game injured list. All right, that's how the Ticats will line up for more from their final walkthrough. Here is the head coach and president of football operations, Orlando Steinauer. Yeah, we're ready to take the test. We're ready to go out and play. There's no more. There's not much more prep we can do, right? You got to see where you're at, and uh, it's, it's that time right now. I get it, yeah, and, and you know, it's, it's rare when in football that, you know, a team looks the same each week when it comes to your roster. So, uh, you know, 
yeah, the word you used is, is correct. It, it would be nice to have some continuity just to see where we're at, but that's, like I said, very rarely the case. So uh, we're just, like I said, I feel like we're prepared, you know, and there's nothing left really. This is just what's left, the media, the fun, the sports entertainment value, but what's really left for uh, the coaching staff and the players is to play the game. It is, but it always starts up front on both sides of the ball. So, you know, if, if we can't get to the quarterback, they're definitely talented at their skilled positions where they can, you know, they can make it happen over there and they can do it in a hurry. Um, you know, the quarterback speaks for himself. He's got a, a great arm, can make all the throws and is mobile enough and uh, not, a, not scared to tuck it away and, and run it a little bit. And then, you know, when you flip it the other way around, um, you know, I, I like I like our matchup against them, but it's it's not about just a position group matchup. It's it's Toronto versus Hamilton. From you'd, Dane. Probably, you'd have to ask Dane. The emphasis hasn't changed, right? We got to protect the football and we got to get the football. It's it's really not any bigger than that. Yeah, there's drills and there's that, but you got to execute it in the game. That's what it's about. So the difference is is that you know uh, you know he didn't fumble at all, and we didn't fumble as a team or. In practice, there was no signs leading up to it. It's just it happened in the game. So the biggest difference is it, it's not happening in the games. O-line, I think it means a lot. You know, it's there's other positions to plug and play, but I think uh, when you're talking about the offensive line, it, it does matter, you know, the continuity and being able to gel and just working with the person next to you. So we'll see, you know, and so the, it's nice that we're going to line up the same. Now we got to execute the same, and that'll be the biggest challenge for us. But uh I like, I like where we're at and where we're headed. Time to prove it. That is the head coach and president of football operations, Orlando Steinauer, as he spoke after walkthrough today. I, I probably mentioned this stat already this week, but I think it's worth pointing out again. Uh, Dane Evans self-admittedly did not have a great start to the season, and I think if you look at the statistics, they would back that up. Uh, through his first four games, the team went 0-4. He had eight interceptions. He had four fumbles lost. Uh, in those four games. Since then, the three games since in which the Ticats have gone 2-1, and one, had a chance to win the game late, uh, or in the game late, excuse me, uh, in BC in, in the middle there between the two wins. But in those three games, Dane has thrown one interception, which was the Hail Mary at the end of the game. That, which was, that was almost caught by Braylon Addison, by the way. Go back and watch that replay. Uh, it was almost caught, and I know close doesn't count. Uh, neither do almost, but uh, that was the one pick he's thrown in the last three games, and he's only fumbled once. And yes, the Ottawa Red Blacks ended up getting a touchdown on the very next play after that fumble, uh, but he's done a much better job of protecting the football. So I asked Coach about that. You might have heard his answer uh, in that last scrum. I asked Dane about it, and here's what he had to say. Honestly, not much. Um, we have made, you know, obviously a conscious effort about it, but like I told you earlier in the season, it it was just some bad luck, man, and it just kept happening and happening. Um, but we, it's behind us now. We have made the conscious effort, whether that's uh, running the ball, throwing the ball, catching the ball, all that, all that stuff. Um, little details are only little until they're not little, right? So um, we made the conscious effort on that, and we've just been playing ball and having fun with it. Yeah, um, they're all really good. Uh, obviously, we had you know a JG Jersey out there. He's a fantastic player, but he's not their only fantastic player. Um, their whole front seven and even their back end is good. I tell y'all every week that the defense that we're playing is good, and I'm not lying, they they are good. Um, so what we got to do is just you know do our job. I think we have a pretty solid plan going into it. Um, I think I think it's going to be something that we can do. 
um, that we'll be able to attack some things, but we know that it's not like some magical scheme where we're just going to get some guy off the board. Like we're going to have to play ball and we're going to have to show up because we know they're going to show up. Yeah, they are, and and their their whole defense is tall, first of all, you know, and long. So, um, and then when you go out on the edge, they're long too. So, um, yeah, it is it is a challenge. Um, I think I think we have some things that we can't attack with that. But um, like I said to Louis, we're we're gonna have to play ball, and we know that, and we're looking forward to it. Yeah, I mean, it's a gr- I, I think stadium-wise, it's a great stadium. Um, I don't know why. I guess I'm one of those weirdos that likes playing on grass. I I just think that's how football should be played. Um, I like that stadium. Um, it's usually a pretty good environment for us Hamilton fans when we when we go there, um, and it's just it's just a fun place to play. So yeah, I, I like going there. That we won. That was the biggest thing, and uh, just it was it was a true playoff game. I mean, you could feel the. Um, Everything was on the line for both teams because it truly was, right? Um, snowed, it rained, it snowed again. Like It was just a great football game, and we came out on top. So hopefully we can go do that again. And that is Dane Evans as we caught up with him after walkthrough today. And uh, just a reminder, full scrum is always available at tycats.ca. Our, uh, our guy, Jack, the intern, does a great job making sure uh, you get to hear what uh, what we had to say and uh, and the player's response uh, to those questions. So go to tycats.ca. Uh, to hear the full scrums, and you'll also be able to see the uh, the fit that uh, this this guy was rocking. Simone Lawrence, uh, he wears his sunglasses at night and indoors, uh, but he had a lot to say heading into this one. Here's Simone Lawrence after walkthrough. Yeah, Toronto's a, a good uh, place. It's kind of like our, you know, our second home. Our fans loved going out there. We have a great time out there. Um, ever since I've been here, you know, like we've we've been very successful there. And I just like the fact that how our fans love traveling down there, you know. It's not it's not a secret when we go to Toronto, that's like one of their biggest crowds and you know, that's a big um big ups to our fans in Hamilton for loving the game so much. I feel like as far as like we just go out there out there as a team and we understand the mission and going into an environment like that where it's like Toronto, Toronto is supposed to be like the big city and just being out here in Hamilton, you know, we got to represent for Hamilton because I'm sure there's some rivalries from Hamilton and Toronto. So like we're not just fighting our war, we're fighting, you know, some Toronto and Hamilton wars as well. Uh, Toronto, they've been doing a good job finding ways to win. Um, Same thing, you know, like they're the same team. Um, They play... They got to do a good job getting the ball out. Um, they got a couple of routes that they love to run over and over again. Um, same girl, different dress type of thing. I feel like that's easy, controlling motions in the game that you get paid for to go out there and win. The objective of the game is always to win. And I feel like we do a great job here understanding that, you know, you can tough battles. You don't really have to prove who's tough when you're playing a game of football, you know, like there's going to be things said back and forth. But, you know, you learn early, like sticks and stones may break my bones, but words that never hurt. Do you plan on talking to Speedy or JG before the game? Oh, no, I stay in the locker room and mind my business, and then I don't come out until it's time to play football. My mom did tell me to go and give JG and Speedy a hug after the game. I'm still thinking about it. And that is Simone Lawrence as we caught up with him after walkthrough. Always a character, always a a quote machine, and uh, always appreciate catching up uh, with Simone and getting his perspective ahead of the game. Always appreciate this guy's perspective, too, from the Hamilton Spectator. Very pleased to be joined by uh, Steve Milton at Milton at the Spec. 
And he's got all the numbers getting you set for this one in today's paper. He's got a great story on uh, Abu Bakar Sissoko of Forge FC, which is a great story in itself. Uh, but let's stick with the uh, the Thai Cats here on Thai Cats today, Milty. Um, the one takeaway I s- seem to get was that these four games in five weeks, nobody, nobody I've talked to this week seems seems very excited about uh, what we're about to see uh, with the two teams back to back. Yeah, it, it where it's really going to be, where we really notice that lack of excitement, and I think it's a little more than lack of excitement, Louis. I think it's disgust hmm. uh, it, for a lot of people. It, it just it's neutering a tremendous rivalry, and it does a number of things. It just I don't know where all the details of this came from. There are obviously number of factors at play here. It could be the stadium and that kind of thing. But this isn't good for the Argos either. I mean, they got a game in there when the X is on. They could put anybody in there. You know, they could put a, a team wearing cowbells in there and, and they're going to draw a little more than they normally do. So, yeah, I think we're going to notice it the first and we're going to notice it suddenly at the labor, labor Day when we take a look. And if one team has an advantage, a, a serious advantage by them, then they don't get a chance to do anything or the other team doesn't get any chance to do anything about it in the final third of the season. Mm-hmm. Well, I think about it in the sense that these guys are going to see each other a lot. Yeah. So is there the opportunity to maybe take some days off from practice or get your bodies right? Because you know, we've seen Lawrence Woods, game time decision. You know, we, We've seen that for a couple of guys who, who may have needed some time to get question. back. Is there, is there a benefit, you think, that Very way? Very good question. And, and I think you asked it of, of, uh, a couple of days ago of Orlando. And he seemed to indicate that, that that's what the, this game will do. Hmm. This particular game uh, will may set a template for the next three against them to figure out what you can do practice-wise. And they'll make that decision. Part of it will be, of course, based on injury and that kind of thing. But part of it will be based on how much do you have to scout the other team. And really, you have to put yourself in their shoes. They'll both be in the same shoes. How much are we going to change for the next week? You can't change too much, but you got, you got to change something. Mm-hmm. Right, so they'll need an installation day of some kind, but they may not need two full practices. Uh, and again, depending on injury. Yeah, I think it's a really good uh, good thought, and I think uh, it, it's so unusual that way. You get that in back to backs, anyways, but there aren't that many back to backs. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking at this game, talking about it with Coach Sal yesterday, yeah. he mentioned something about a big play. It's going to come down to a big play. Special teams, defense, and could I went negative. back. Could be a negative. Exactly. So I went back and I watched the uh, the East final from last year. There was the Pappy White punt return. Yep. There was the uh, there was the great play by Dane at the end the of the play of the, the play at the end of the first quarter, saving three at least first three half. points. First, first half. half, yeah, first half. Um, there was there were big plays after big plays in that game. How do you almost feel like the offense needs? the big play in this one, just for a little bit of confidence? Well, there's almost no doubt yeah. in my mind. And remembering that Bethel Thompson, or, or McLeod Bethel Thompson, is, he reminds me a lot. In I mean, they're different guys completely, but there's a certain element to them that's very similar uh, to Trevor Harris. Hmm. That, you know, okay, he's going to make some mistakes possibly and that kind of thing, so you've got to force those mistakes, but he can also get on this incredible role. And look at, he's got, he's got Rodgers, and uh, and uh, Deveris uh, Daniels coming back right now, yeah. and and that to the point that you know, Speedy Banks may not play as much. I think he will. I think he'll play more than people uh, yeah. people assume, just because he's uh, he's a big play guy. You know, he may not give it to every play right now, but when he does, he's a big play guy. I think the big plays are going to be a huge part of it, and I think Hamilton's going to need some on offense because you know what's going to happen the other way. 
Yeah. Well, I, G. Garrett Davis's uh, big play in the end zone where he was more of a, a DB than a, than yeah. a lineman. Uh, that was a play. Oh, that, yeah, that's yeah, right. That's right. Right? Uh, yeah, back yeah Hoagie, Hoagie brought that one up uh, this week. I've forgotten week. that one. Yeah, right? I mean, that that's was a big place to work. That, was that, that, game, that yeah. was that game. The Pappy White one was the one that I, I don't know how I forgot. Yeah. But, uh, Can we go back to a little bit here? Yeah. I wonder what you think. And, and it was part of our the tone of, uh, you know, it's generally you and I asking all the questions all week. And, and, and uh, the... The tone of the games, given that you play, and given that uh, particularly Toronto has a little bit of a, uh, I'd say they have a bit of a discipline problem yeah. now. Hamilton has a temporal dis- discipline problem. They don't have one in general. I would, but they I would have make a key the moment problem. Yeah, and I would make the argument discipline. this season. It seems like it's it's not as bad as last year. No, I think they've made big strides, and I think that's a lot of. First-year players who are back for year two. Yeah. And I also think that they understand that penalties can cost you. Better kicking so that you're yeah, not getting all that's those true. yards penalties and, and those kinds of things. So so that, that's that been a function. Uh, but every team, and Hamilton would be one of those. I mean, they're very low on the list of, of penalties, what, second or third fewest in the league. Yep. And, and um, so that is that – is, that can uh, – but – Toronto tends to bring that out, and, and, and the players have talked about that, uh, and we'll see how that builds over time, right? Let's not forget that the, the fans are going to be there, too, and they got involved last game. What, the last game that they actually, you know, not the one in Guelph, yeah. but, but, but the one uh, the Eastern final last year, and that one turned into yeah. something that, that had ramifications all the way into this year with the suspension. Well, and I think, like, just from the outside perspective of what the Argos are going through right now, yeah. with the way Sunday... I think the Ticats look at that as something to possibly exploit. exploit. Right? And I think the Ticats this week, to your point on the tone, there isn't that bombastic... Oh, yeah, like, even Dylan Wynn, who I know has a, a history with Toronto, but he's a Ticat through and through. Like, he doesn't like that. He almost seemed toned back in his... You know, we're not going to kill them type thing, but they're great. They're great players. They have great defense. There's lots of weapons. Like I feel like the Ticats, from what I've gotten, because I think the Argos are exploitable in that spot. I think the Ticats are maybe intentionally holding something back. This well, they may be. Uh, they may be that way, and maybe just you know do your job and and uh, don't be the ones that beat you. Mm-hmm. You know, don't beat yourself, right? And that's both these teams have beaten themselves this year a couple of times. I mean. Toronto didn't look good last week, but really, you know, they put up a pretty good effort against, uh, you know, they, they've won three, you know, they, they beat Saskatchewan twice. Uh, well, Saskatchewan's the only team that's lost anybody in the East, right? Yeah. And, and uh, they, they, uh, they gave Winnipeg some, some issues. Uh, Winnipeg, that was mm-hmm. one they were fortunate to escape from. Uh, if Toronto cleans up a few little things. They're a really tough team. Their offensive line right now, back to Dylan Wynn. Uh, because the push that he and, and Micah Johnson gave that team in the first, I'd say, 20 minutes set the tone uh, for the victory over Montreal, gave them some strength. And they need to do that again. They can't let Bethel Thompson uh, get any head of steam because, again, he's like Trevor Harris in that way. When he gets ahead of steam and gets that confidence going, he is really tough. He can be really, really tough. And both those guys acknowledged how 
it was nice to see the stats show up this week right. for both of them, and right? And they both acknowledge the fact that they there is so much more to their game than what does show up, but they did acknowledge the fact that, yeah, it's nice to see a stat. And I thought it was the best defensive performance. I think there's a lot to build on here for Mark Washington. Well, I, well, I think there is. And, and, and the, the key, as always, I mean, is going to be to stop that run game hmm. against. I mean, Andrew Harris eats these guys up. He didn't have a good game last game, but he never has two in a row. Yeah. Right. And 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 the game before that, what did he get? One hundred and thirty something. Yeah, yeah. So, from a season, from a league high, I think was the rushing yards right. to to yeah his season. Now their line, offensive lines built up. This isn't about Andrew yeah. Harris for the most part. So stop him. Then you get into the same situation that you had last week, where you have some second and longs. Now, unfortunately, they, they, other teams have converted a few second and longs that they shouldn't have against this team, and that. That that's the big play moment, but the defense, the secondary is playing better because the, they're getting a little more push up front the last two or three games, and yeah. that allows them to. It's it's a ball hawking defense, and you can't ball hawk if you're worried that the guy's going to have too much time. Yeah, and again, I think it was someone we talked to this week. They when we talked about how good the secondary was, it might have been Keen Bradley, yeah. me talking to him, and you know he gave credit to the front seven and what they were able to have do. To. But Cario Brooks coming back, I mean, he made an immediate impact, and Coach even said at one point this week, he said. You know, there's a couple plays I'm sure he'd want back mm-hmm. um, after seeing the tape from last week, after having been in his first game since the Great Cup, I think, if we're going back. Yeah. That was his first game back. Had missed most of camp. Uh, real impact. I, that's the matchup. Because you mentioned, we mentioned well, Speedy, we mentioned Rodgers, yeah. we mentioned, and we haven't even mentioned Curly Gittins Jr., who also is. Yeah, and he's due to break games. out because yeah. the one thing he, like, he's, he's, he makes some really key plays, but the one thing he hasn't done that you know he can do, he's a money player. Like, you got all those touchdowns last year. I mean, every time you caught the ball, it was for a touchdown. Yeah. And that hasn't happened this year. I think it's only one that he's, that he's had. And you know that that's going to – I mean, they got some game breakers there, uh, you know, that they're really going to have to watch. So they're going to have to – I think they're going to have to beat them in the return game. I think that's where part of it's going to be, like, coverage and, and, and breaking one. Uh, Hamilton's feels like they're due to break one. Now, Lawrence Woods is a game-time decision, so we don't know uh, where – were that, that I mean, sense. even I mean, you think if he's a game time decision, you have to think he's not a hundred percent, though, right? So right. I mean, even if he is in the lineup, he, I'm sure he can still be effective. It might be four and, or five, it might be by committee again, yeah. and and if it is Tim Woods with a chance, hmm. you know, like they're doing everything they can to get the ball in the hands yeah. of playmakers. You see that with the running game, you know, they're throwing the ball to. To, to Jackson, at least they did last week, and they're running it with Addison and, and sometimes yeah. White. It's, it's, it, it was actually hilarious when you looked at it. Yeah. You know? And then, the, then we'll see where the two-quarterback thing goes. That being said, uh, Braylon Addison still going into last night's game, I'm sure somebody might have passed him, was still leading the league in the in receptions. Yeah, tied for the lead. Tied for yeah, the lead. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, uh, That's and, even with all those handoffs, and, which tells you how important, and we, met, we talked about this earlier this week, just how important – BA is to this team. Well, and I think uh, CFL Stats was pointing out in one of their, and I don't have the number, but of the top four tandems in the league in terms of number of completions from a quarterback to a single receiver, mm. uh, there are three of them in this game. Three of the top four oh, right. in the league are in this game. <laughs> wow. When you count, uh, and the number one is is uh, is Evans to uh, oh. to. Um, Addison. Addison, and then and I think uh, Tim White is probably in there as number three, and uh, number four is uh, or as number it's a, four. It's a good po- it's is, a good point uh, on Tim White and whether we see him part of that committee. Uh, I, or I'm Dunbar, Ken- Dunbar, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, before I let you yeah. go, I do want to ask about uh, Dane Evans because the yeah. last, the first four games and this stat still blows my mind. The first four games, eight interceptions, four fumbles lost, 
Team goes 0-4. Last three, 2-1 uh, and one with a game that they were in from the very end. Dane threw one interception. That was on a Hail Mary play yeah. at the end of the game. And one that fumble. Almost worked. That almost worked. It was very close to working. Uh, one fumble. And I think he's only been sacked. I don't think he was sacked last week. But, I mean, he's been protecting the football. Yeah. How different? What, what's the change? What's changed from, from the first four weeks Slightly to last more time. Hmm. A creative running game and having the second quarterback in there, which is part of the running game. Uh, it's not as much part of the passing game as it is to keep their eye, although there's another thing that they could do for the running, to keep that guy coming from the outside, particularly on the left side, uh, where they've been coming through a fair amount uh, and, you know, fortifying it. So they had a little more time on that. Um, I think just a little bit more schematic, a little more tight end type of mm -hmm. work, so a little extra time to throw. If you're only going to look, do three look downs anyways, you don't need that fourth, fourth receiver generally. Uh, all you do, it changes the coverage, you know, when you have four. So I think that's part of it. As we end, can I just say a shout out to yes. somebody in football, and that's Jeff Day. Uh, people don't know him uh, for this. He is the sports editor of the Hamilton Spectator, so always kept a low prof profile, but I've had him twice. I've known him 40 years. I worked with him and for him uh, for about 40 years at Aurelia and here, and he is retired. Uh, as of the day before the game, Friday. Uh, but we will see him, and I'll just point this out because there is a correlation between this and the Tiger Cats. Um, if you look on the sidelines and there's somebody out there telling the officials, you know, that it's a timeout and, and they, it's done with a red flag, well, all of those officials essentially work for Jeff Day on game day. He runs all of the officials. He used to be the guy that goes out there and wave the little red uh, flag to say, hey, this is an official timeout for TV. Now those that person works for Jeff. You'll see him on the sideline. Want to shout out a tremendous job. Big supporter of the Tiger Cats and of our coverage of the Tiger Cats. He's been an integral part of it, and nobody knows anything about it. And best of luck in the future, Jeff. I'm going to miss you every day. Well said, Melty. Thanks for doing this. Okay. My thanks to Steve Milton. Always appreciate that uh, that chat right before. The game, it's kind of like both of us are testing each other on, on what we thought we saw and what we did see and uh, uh, always appreciate somebody who spends as, as much time, more time than I do at Tim Hortons Field, I will admit. Uh, that guy knows everything backwards and forwards, so the way he talked about Jeff Day, uh, obviously someone he respects, and if he's someone uh, Milty respects, then uh, Jeff Day automatically already has uh, my appreciation and respect as well. And uh, from all of us here at the Ticats Audio Network, wishing Jeff the uh, the best of luck in retirement, uh, and, uh, and we'll see him at the field. Uh, and again... Congratulations, and uh, thanks to Melty for, for giving him the uh, the time there uh, to acknowledge what he has done. All right, that's it for us this week. We did it. We've done it. We've made it through all week five shows. That's what we do here on Ticats today, providing you with the most up-to-date information. Uh, we'll be back on Monday to recap Saturday's game. Thanks for checking us out. Make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode from all of us here at the Ticats Audio Network. I'm Louis Butko. Hope you have a great weekend. Podcast today can be heard every weekday, and we would like to hear from you. Email us at gameday at tiecats.ca. Have a question or an opinion? We want to hear it. That's gameday at tiecats.ca. Subscribe to the Tiecats Audio Network on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.